Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, I just have one thing to say. What's that? Be fucking for real. <laughs> Be so expeditiously for fucking real. I know you're upset. Be so unequivocally, unapologetically, non-dispute worthy for fucking real. I know you have a lot of big feelings. <laughs> Be so incredibly, like, not even worth arguing about. Like, so incredibly picture-perfect, clear, concise, and just to the point fucking for real. I'm here for you. I just, I can't keep going because I'm not getting creative. Like, I'm losing <laughs> my creativity in it. I could, I thought about it going longer, but I think I'd be beating a dead horse. Um, good, okay, good, because I was also running out of responses. Yeah, BFFR. I feel that. I feel that. I understand. I feel, about, I feel that about a lot of things. I actually feel like that is the motto that I have taken into my heart and soul over the course of the last year is just like looking at situations and just looking at them with a, with a deadpan be fucking for real attitude of like, just like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> that's been my life for the last year. And I'm so glad that it continues to transcend into, into the hockey life that I've tried to create. Um, <laughs> Laura, other than the fact that you have to deal with your incredibly over the top and pretty emotionally unregulated best friend on this podcast episode tonight. How are you feeling about the current state of affairs? Um, in that description that you just gave, I, you know, and as you know, as the person who knows every detail of my life, that's exactly how the last, I don't know, five years, decade, two decades <laughs> of my life has felt. Um, <clears throat> But more specifically, the last year, you know, um, as we are coming upon the year anniversary of when all things really started to go to shit um, in my life. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. specifically today, I feel that way because as I just told you off mic, that two times today, two times Two times. This is two. One, two. One, two. My, and I know this is a first world problem. My dream dress for our friend Poshy's wedding, not only did it supposedly get restocked in the size that I needed, but two times, two times I've tried to order it today and two times it has gotten canceled. And Last week, we talked about, or I talked about, how hard it is to find cute clothes for bigger humans. And I have searched high and low for the perfect dress for this wedding. And this is the perfect dress. I have to wear green. This is the only green dress I currently love. And these bitches won't let me have it. 
better go get them bitches. And so I was just like feverishly texting you about it today. Completely fine that you weren't responding to me. Just that I had an outlet and my outlet was to tell you until I was blue in the face how upset I was over this dress situation. I get it. Granted, yeah, I mean, there's like still two months until her wedding. But I need to know how this dress fits so that I can know how I need to manipulate myself <laughs> in order for it to look the best that it can. What an interesting way to say that for that whole thing. <laughs> what a fascinating way to present that information. So on top of that, work was fine. Work was good. But I did end up like coughing myself into not feeling well mm. and slept from the start of the first intermission through the end of the second intermission. Well, good news. You, you were <laughs> able to wake up to see just the absolute like reason that nobody is acting rationally this evening. So happy you got up in time for that. Yes, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Because I want to know how you are, and so do our listeners. I'm fine. Lies. <laughs> no, I'm good. I am not. I... <laughs> no, I mean, like, I just, like, I'm so ready for the school year to be over, and I am ready for this hockey season to be over, because, frankly, like... This, especially tonight, is just, like, another one of those, like, oh, God, this has been such a terrible season. Like, it's been so hard. It's been so hard to do what we do. And I'm so not okay as a result of it. I am damaged from it. I have feelings, too. I'm a person. I am not just a voice on a podcast. Do not objectify me. You're I, not just content machines. <laughs> And I'm I'm and I'm half trying to record this episode, half trying to pay attention to the fact that the I, that the fucking Flyers and the Blackhawks went into overtime, so the Blackhawks got a point, which means that like we're like if we lose in regulation tomorrow, are going to be able to like at least be the second worst team. Like it's still uh, early I'm, in the Anaheim game. I'm fine. So there's still some hope there. I'm fine. Yeah, it's going into the second period. Um. Ugh. And yeah, I, I don't know. I have been feeling better this week, though. Like, I felt like I, I ironically enough, said that I feel like I need an oil change, like, all of last week. Like, but I feel like now I feel a little bit better. Tomorrow's a payday, which is good because my bank account is looking a little slim. And um, yeah, so that, that stuff's all good. And this weekend will be good. I'm facilitating. I am going to a concert. So, like, that feels good. Uh, that is if my car will get me to the concert because I have a transmission and an oil leak, which is real cute, really silly, goofy. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, you want to keep it locked on subjectively speaking to hear more trials and tribulations about my auto troubles because let me tell you what I'm, I don't know a damn thing about a car. Yeah. On Tuesday's episode, you can find out if he had to walk from Ann Arbor to Grand Rapids. On Let me return. tell you that I, I wouldn't. I would become, I would become a sediment, a piece of sediment, a piece of the earth. It would not happen for me. It would not. 
I would go and get the cafe meal that I had at that one lo- at that one coffee shop that I had a meeting in last week. I would enjoy that, and then I would just sit there until they told me I couldn't be there anymore. Wow! And hope that I had it figured out by then. Sounds like I'd have to drive to Ann Arbor. <laughs> You're damn right. What's confusing? Nothing. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I always welcome the opportunity to rescue you from the side of the road. Yeah, it has happened at least once. <laughs> Emily did the other time. I was thinking about that. I was like, was it, was it twice? But I did blow my car tire out on I-71 South once, and Emily did have to come and save me. I did have to come get you in Athens once so that you could come get your car. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You did do that. You did do that. And, we watched, the stu- and we watched the stupid Blue Jackets in the car on my phone. Oh, we did do that. Oh, and man, ate yeah. ice cream sundaes. Oh, that was good, though. I'm remembering <laughs> that day more and more the more you say. That was really good. It was like a place in uh, in uh, Lancaster. Potascala. No, Potascala. That had the, it was like, they have a drive through it. It's really good. I'll actually was, be living closer to that place when really I exciting, move. Um, it was like kind of... Um, covid times like right like because i remember like the girl was wearing an ohio mask remember and i said like oh, oh yeah it was covid times wow it might have been first summer of covid times that's insane our anyway. lives are weird so weird so weird um oh lord you want to do it Talk about them motherfucking blue jackets? Yeah. I mean, I suppose we should. How do I say the answer is no. I don't want to. Um, but a nine minute and 47 second podcast didn't really ever do anything for anybody, right? So That's true. This is We're not in the business of minisodes. You guys have been here. You know, that's by us. Oh, fuck. The Flyers won. It's okay. Okay. I'm just going to own this about myself before I start. That I start. sucks for the Blackhawks captain. John even, though I, even though I think he's a terrible person. but yeah, He scored a goal. It is what it is. Okay. It's his last game as a Blackhawk. That's fine. Um, oh, fuck. I could, care. I could give a shit less. Um, I'm a hypocrite for what I'm about to say. We spent so much time a couple episodes ago talking to people about like not to get too stressed about where the jackets fall in, in the draft lottery, you know, probabilities. And I don't think I'm feeling like not stressed about it. I I, I don't think I'm taking any of our own advice. I don't think I give a fuck about what those idiots on subjectively speaking had to say last week. I care about the idiot on subjectively speaking namely myself that has a lot of big feelings about the fact that the blue jackets fucking won this game against Pittsburgh and found a way to get a fucking point in Philadelphia. I am so mad. (laughs) I don't know why it feels irrational. I'm not actually like, I don't think I'm actually mad. I think there's a piece of me that is remaining logical and recognizes that this doesn't change a lot, but there's another part of me that has watched the Blue Jackets go from controlling their own destiny in the worst way to having the best odds to get Connor Bedard. I've watched them 
potentially cut that up to in half the last two games. And that feels gross to me. Like it feels like it's, it's the most unsettling feeling in the entire world for me right now. And of all the things in my world that are super unsettling, that is saying something <laughs> that is an indictment on how unsettling this is. And I need somebody to talk me off of a ledge, but all right. I, I just like, Oh, we've done this. <laughs> We've done this so many times. (laughs) I know. I know. Okay. How are you feeling about it? (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously I'm not thrilled. And it is like kind of a weird juxtaposition to be in because we did. It's the worst juxtaposition. I fucking hate the penguins. I fucking hate the Penguins. I do as well. And the fact that we just beat them for the first time since 2019 is what? soured what by this situation. What? What the fuck? Like, the fucking 2019? Are you serious? Jesus. Yeah, I don't know if you've met us, but we're bad at hockey. I guess. <laughs> And then in 2019 was the last time we were actually like kind of good at hockey. <laughs> yeah, 2020 was like fine. 2019, um, so yeah, it feels very. And I like jokingly said this to you that the Pens played terribly um, on purpose because they wanted us to win because they knew it would like fuck us up in the. Connor Bedard situation because they're pissed that their 16 year playoff streak or whatever got busted last night. Um, and everyone's all upset that they're not going to see Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin in the playoffs. Um, you know, okay. But yeah, it's, it's again, one of those things like we had four rookies starting their first NHL game tonight. Neither, uh, none of those four players were going to not play their hearts out. Like, plain and simple. It just wasn't going to happen. Add on top of that, first of all, Johnny Gaudreau just naturally wants to play to win every game. And that is a great thing. Not a great thing for people who didn't want us to win this game. But let's add on the on top of that, that he's just spent the last two days with this incredible child who was fighting brain cancer, who read off the starting lineup in the locker room tonight. And today was his first ever in-person NHL game. And knowing Johnny Gaudreau and knowing not knowing him personally, but like knowing his spirit, knowing that he's a first time father, that man was going to do whatever he had to, to win that game. And it just so happened that he had to wait until overtime. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like that's like, that is like the big takeaway and the thing about actual life that is like important and not the thing about like this fake hockey life that we've created. Like that's the thing about real life that is important. Because also there's no fucking reason in the world 
why we should have won this game. There's what four people, I think four or five on tonight's roster that were there on opening night. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. I mean, like I was going to do this again for us. We've done this before on the show. It's gotten worse since the last time we did it on the show. I'm going to read now. Cause now it's almost 50 players. It's almost 50 players this season that have worn a blue jackets uniform. Yeah. Like, and that happened quick, but no. So these are the players who took the ice tonight and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins who weren't eliminated from playoff contention until the second to last game of their season. Andrew Peake, Billy Sweezy, uh, Sean Crowley, Johnny Goudreau, Gavin Bayreuther, Liam Foody, Adam Boquist, Tyler Angle, NHL debut, Hunter McCown, fourth game, um, <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is, Yuna Luoto, same situation, Emil Bemstrom, Samuel Nashko, who also, you know. First timer. Baby. Um, and then uh, Tim Burney, Stanislav Svotsel, uh, Michael Putia. Kromachenko, Ken Johnson, Jack Rosovic, Michael Hutchinson beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. And a Penguins team that, like, wasn't without their, like, Dmitry Kulikov, uh, you know, uh, Dumoulin, O'Connor, Zucker, Russ, Nylander. I mean, like, then they also have, I don't know, uh, Crystal Tang and <laughs> Jake Gensel. Sidney Crosby. Danny Malkin and Sidney Crosby. And, you know what I mean? Like, this is just, like, that's the team that they beat tonight. And it's just like mind boggling. And I commend them. I mean, you're not wrong. Like when you've got those players making their NHL debuts and when you've got players, so many of them fighting to get a contract, of course it makes sense that, that they put in the effort tonight, but it's just like so incredibly challenging to, to imagine a, a situation where this feels good right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just such a mixed bag. And I know, like, there's a lot of big feelings. A lot of big feelings that are, like, not... There's a... Well, first of all, there's a lot of big feelings that are, like, unhinged. Like, I can understand being, you know, upset about this and whatnot. But, like, social media is a scary place. I think we all know this. But some of y'all, again, we say it all the time. Like, go the fuck outside. Because you are, like, you are elevating your blood pressure for no reason. It's it's not the end of the world. Like, we're going to talk about, like, obviously what could happen now. Um, but, and I know, and I know, like, I love the Blue Jackets as much as anybody else. I have a fucking business that revolves around their success or their failures. But, like... Some people, like, if you are really this upset, maybe perhaps pick a different team. Like, pick a different team. Yeah, this is where we disagree. And I know you know this. Like, I, like, I don't and like I know. And I know like, this comes scary. from, like, me not being a fan for very long. Like, I know this. I don't have the, like, scars and the battle wounds that, like, you franchise long fans have i get that but i don't know like it just it's a lot and i definitely have a clouded perspective but like it just seems like a lot i mean it is a lot what i will say is that if those people could pick another team they would have like do you know what i mean like <laughs> let's be clear i 
I don't agree with the like utter like the gross shit that people tweet and like that kind of stuff like that I get but I totally understand the just tailspin that a win like this puts on a lot of Blue Jackets Twitter like I get it like I again don't be scary don't say anything stupid but like I can understand like people being relatively despondent to this win um you know it, it does feel like it's not as dramatic right I mean like in the past you know you've gotten a team that's had I think like 12 13 14 wins in a like a span of, of the last like 16 games and that has like totally taken them out of a contention for for landing a generational talent and that's not what this team has done right it's been very like you it's been calculated across the league right like I mean like nobody's winning hockey games at the bottom so even even winning one of these games is like challenging in terms of where they finish and so I I it feels somewhat similar to those moments right like it almost feels like you know and and this is where i'm a hypocrite you know you can't guarantee yourself anything with this draft lottery um sometimes i think because i'm like a Bengals fan like having them have the worst season that they could have had and one of the worst in franchise history leads to somebody like joe burrow like i am clouded too where i'm like oh god i like felt like i saw that for the blue jackets and i still see it like it's still possible like we're not saying it's not possible um but that feels like it was taken away a little bit today. <laughs> like, and I've seen the Bengals go to a Super Bowl and damn near get back there this year. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I've experienced on that side of my fan life. And so I just really was hoping and I continue to hope, but now that hope could potentially be smaller um, that, you know, it, you know what I thought about just now as we were talking about all this. Hmm. Like if the like we're not gonna finish recording this before the Ducks and Kings game is over. And if the Ducks win that game, so much of this isn't gonna matter. Like so much of what I'm saying and so much of our like dejection about this isn't gonna matter. And it's damn near gonna be a bad episode because <laughs> like that's how irrational this all is. Like if you think about it, like that to me feels like a perfect like depiction of why this is all so ludicrous to get worked up about right now and yeah i'm still doing it well and it's just i mean that is the thing it's like these sort of like bottom five teams that have kind of been the bottom five since like december and they're it's just such a close like it's basically as close as the top five teams like they're it's a hairline that separates i mean it's seriously one goal situations like tonight like would we be as panicked if we i mean we'd still be panicked but i don't think we'd be as panicked if we'd only gotten one point like and but you know we did you know we went into overtime and we won and ended up with two so then it like it puts this again this juxtaposition of the fact that like you want to see the team playing hard you want to see these rookies having good nights and like playing their hardest you want to see these guys who are fighting for contracts and for their careers to play well like I want to I want to be mad at Michael Hutchinson I want to be mad at him but I can't because I know that he is playing for his next contract whether that be with the Blue Jackets or be with another team like you can't fault him for wanting to show his best effort right before he goes out onto the job market. Like it's just 
you can't. You can't fault him. You also can't expect him to come and like tank it for a team that he's been on for a month. Like he doesn't, I mean, yes, he likes playing here, but like he doesn't have any loyalty to this situation. Um, And so it's, you, there's just so many outward, like things that you just can't control and things that are crazy because like, think about Anaheim fans, think about Chicago fans. I mean, we have this Chicago fan that like taunts us every time we have a game on on Twitter because he wants the Blue Jackets to win so that Chicago can fall further. Like those fans too are having the same feelings that we're having, but I think it just feels more personal to Blue Jackets fans because we've never had the golden ticket naturally. We've never had this opportunity and we're facing a possible like franchise altering you know, situation. And, you know, it's like so close, you can taste it kind of. And even like, um, St- I'm going to mispronounce his name, but Stanislav Sw- Swovel, Swovel, close. Swotzel. Swotzel. Like, even talked today that, like, you know, they were joking around with him about, you know, because Connor Bedard is his line mate and best friend. And they're like, have you joked around about maybe being teammates with him next year? And he's like, it's not a joke. I like fully anticipate us being, you know, like teammates or whatever. Um, And so that gets everyone hyped, like in this situation. And the thing is, and the thing that you about, we have no control over the lottery. Like we could finish last and still not. I mean, we'd be guaranteed to pick within the top three, but like, Again, it's this situation that, like, we could still not pick first. And I think, you know, the Connor Bedard thing, and I know for you this isn't the thing because you know much more about the people that exist in the top five of this draft, but it's just so many people are hinging on this one thing. And, again, they're also hinging off their experience with other sports who don't do a lottery in their draft whose natural bottom team gets to pick first. Like, so it's just all too many unknowns and a lot of big feelings that come with things that we can't control. So I don't know if this makes you feel better, but this is just how I'm viewing it. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I don't think it makes me feel better or worse. I mean, I think it's it's just abject truth, right? Like everything you just said. Um Cause I want the golden ticket for them too. Like I can't fucking wait for May mainly because like, I just want to know, I just want to know where we're fucking going to pick. And like, then we can start analyzing who Yarmo's going to p- take at that pick. Like that's more fun than this, like anxiety riddled situation that we're in right now. Cause I do, I want the golden ticket. I want us to have, we joked, it might've been on the show. So if we've said this before, but like, we joked about like, we're not going to know what to do with ourselves when they start like having a good season. It's going to take the first 45 games of them doing well for us to be like, not waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, and, but I want that. I want to experience that situation. I want to see like what kind of unhinged happy content we can make um, when they're finally doing well. So, but I just, I'm at the point right now where I think there's there's too much going on. Like 
there's just too much going on. So I, I'm choosing, I'm choosing to just do what I can and just leave it up to fate at this point. Cause that's really what a lottery is. Like we're literally grasping on to a tiny ping pong ball with CBJ written on it to drop out of a big thing of ping pong balls, which feels like an act of God. Like it truly, like this yeah. is what we're holding our livelihood onto is a tiny ping pong ball. Sure is. I probably upset some people for like trying to tell them not to be upset, but I mean, I apologize. Hey, I. I can't think of a thing more beneficial to somebody who's upset than somebody telling them to not be upset. So <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that you did. I'm sure you helped a lot of people there. Yeah. Uh, I just told a crazy person to calm down. <laughs> I'm sure it'll work. Um, well, thank you for, if, if Laura, thank you for supporting Laura, me. I really appreciate that about our friendship. <laughs> anytime. If Laura's golden ticket speech wasn't enough to, to put you in a better mood, I have a feeling that I can think of something that will put you in a better mood. Is that them fucking winning some money on DraftKings? Yeah, no, for sure it is. Because, <laughs> um, well, we aren't going to know anything as Ohio sports fans about the NHL playoffs this year, but we will know a little bit about the NBA playoffs. The Cleveland Cavaliers are heading there this uh, postseason. And that means big hoop action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get on in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no sweat same game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Again, folks, if you are a Cleveland sports fan and uh, you have some some extra cash in the in the bank account right now and and you want to throw some money down and you think they're going to make some progress in the nba playoffs this offseason you're going to do it now download the app now and sign up with code thpn new customers can make a five dollar bet uh pregame money line and score 150 dollars in bonus bets if their team wins only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Um, in Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsibility gambling resources. So, Laura, I think the thing that, and I've mentioned this on the show before, the thing that makes me the most nervous about the Blue Jackets potentially not finishing 32nd this off season or this, this season is the risk that then is created and where they could fall to. You've mentioned it. Um, you know, the jackets are looking at a top three pick if they finish last, like that is just abject truth. It cannot go anywhere else. Um, and, you know, Mark Shag, I think posted a tweet that I think was the most alarming to me as somebody who like, cares about numbers right and to your point about like just like the act of god that all of this feels like is by dropping from or i guess improve moving up from 32nd to 30th 
the Blue Jackets go from having a 100% chance at picking in the top three at this year's NHL draft to a 69.5% chance of picking fourth or fifth. A 69, a 70% chance at picking fourth and fifth when we've spent the last two months talking about those top three draft picks and just how crucial they could be. We could we could see a situation where the Blue Jackets, thankfully they were saved by the bell a little bit for Chicago taking the Flyers to overtime and losing. So the Blue Jackets will finish. As long as the Blue Jackets lose in regulation to the Sabres, which is not, I mean, that is not set in stone, um, the Blue Jackets would finish ahead of the Blackhawks. Or no, the Blackhawks would finish ahead of the Blue Jackets. This whole thing is so fucking bass-ackwards. Um, and then, you know, that changes things up a little bit as terms of like the worst the Blue Jackets could finish is 30th. If the Blue Jackets get any points against the Sabres, it puts them in the possible situation of, of being 29th in the league. And that's because of the Sharks. The Sharks are still a part of this conversation too, right? Like they could potentially still even climb up past the Blue Jackets, depending on the result of that game. And so that's... <laughs> The Jackets could pick sixth if that happens. Sixth. Which is, um, if in case you'll, if you're going to want to remember, lower than we picked Kent Johnson or higher than we picked Kent Johnson. I'm so backwards right now. Um, and so it's just like we could have endured this season to pick sixth. Potentially. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. And and that's the part too, like that it, it for me, like it does it does suck. Like the fact that we went through this entire season to potentially pick six. Like and in a year where like trading up spots is really not gonna be possible because this is such a heavy handed top of a draft situation. But my argument, I mean, you want to blame the team, but you can't really. And you can blame the NHL because I think that this way of doing the draft is stupid. Um, I know that they say that it deters from teams from tanking. But we all know that's not really the truth. Um, and so, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to think that, and also to think that other teams who have had super terrible seasons do tend to like work out well in the draft. And to just sort of feel like the natural luck of the Blue Jackets is that it won't. Um, and I want to be a glass half full person and be like, there's still the chance. Like, there's still a chance that that act of God lands in the Blue Jackets favor. But I also know. But my feeling like about how historically things work for the Blue Jackets goes it's definitely not like it's definitely not going to roll in our favor because there's also like, not that I'm, you know, really putting out accusations here, but like 
there are some heavy-handed rumors <laughs> that the draft can be altered in favor of other people or other teams based on the feelings and the opinions of a certain commissioner. So, and if he doesn't want someone going somewhere that he's going to do what he needs to do to make that happen. And, you know, he may be pissed that Johnny Gaudreau decided to come to Columbus because it would have made him more money if he went to a bigger franchise. And so he says, fuck them. And, you know, does his own. Now, again, I have no actual proof of this. Only rumors. And saying, Laura's, Laura's leaning into the conspiracy theories tonight, folks. Like Laura. I like, am apparently. Aliens, ghosts, Gary Bettman's like playing with all of us like doll pieces. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, there's no proof to that. It's just, again, it's all so up to chance, which doesn't seem fair. Um and it also, like, then I pull my, like, empathetic side because I know all of these guys that are going in for the draft are all, like, 17, 18 years old, you know, age of my students that I work with. And they're having to constantly hear, you know, from every news sports news outlet out there, like, weighing, you know, their talent and their skill and they're barely, like, functioning humans. Like, so then I go there. I'm like, this is a terrible situation to put an 18-year-old through. Like, it's just, it's all messed up, folks. It's just all messed up. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Moral of the story. <laughs> it's all awful. We should just flip a fucking coin. It's the same odds. <laughs> It'd be better, to be fair. Kind <laughs> of, yes. Um, yeah, I mean... I think like we could keep going on this. It, honestly, I don't know that we should because again, things. Could, well, I, just, I think we're just rambling at this point. At least yeah, I we're am. Yeah, we're in circles, but it's also like by the time we listen to this episode back, like it, it is entirely possible that I'll have to edit out twenty five minutes if <laughs> if the fucking ducks win. But anyway, you better walk that fucking duck. And if you know what I'm talking about, you're my people. Anyway, I don't want to have it go unnoticed right we've been talking a lot about um just all the dejection that we're feeling right now in relation to the blue jackets but i think it is always cool for us to take a second and pause and take a look at all the jackets who did make their debut tonight talk a little bit about them maybe um and maybe just think about like what it is that they have to offer moving forward in the future or where we see them you know in the future but, you know, first is Stanislaus Fotzel. Stanislaus Fotzel comes in from Regina. Exciting to see him make his NHL debut. I don't know that really there was an expectation that he was going to be able to do this this year. Regina, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, like Connor Bedard plays in Regina. You know, Stanislaus Fotzel, defenseman there with Connor Bedard. And so the thought was that they were going to probably, like, I don't know, like do something in the playoffs, and they didn't. They lost in the first round. And so because of that, you know, Swetzel becomes available for the Jackets, and they utilize him, and they get him in to his first game, and he he looks he looks good, I thought. Um, and then you have uh, Samuel Mashko, so again another player making his NHL debut. Uh, you know, 
exciting, I think. I, I, we've heard those two names a lot from from the Blue Jackets and from, you know, the, you know, folks who are around the franchise as those being guys in the pipeline that could potentially be exciting here in Columbus. And so that feels good. But then you also get um, Mikhail Putia, um, who please any of our Finnish listeners, if I butchered that, let me know. Um, but he, he played well as, as well. I mean, like he had the dreaded, 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 beautiful assist on Neil Benstrom goal uh, in the third period to tie it up with a couple minutes left, a few minutes left. Tyler Engel makes his NHL debut, which is a player that like, I don't know why in my brain he had already made his debut. He's not like, I just feel like I've heard his name so much that like it's in my head. It doesn't make sense that like, he's just not making his NHL debut, but he is. And uh, you know, he got out there wearing number 39 tonight. So you know, exciting stuff. Like, let's not like downplay that. How exciting it is! Four rookie laps, all at the same damn time. It's cool to see. It's cool to see. And these are prospects. Like, these are the prospects of the Jackets. This is not like no disrespect to the players who have been added in here late. Who, frankly, are just like filling spots. You know, like uh, like what we have in goal. But these are like the players that you know are going to be a part of the Blue Jackets' future, or have an ability to contend to be a part of the Blue Jackets' future. And so, seeing them make their debuts, that feels really good right now. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's always, we've talked about it before, but like, it's always such a special thing to watch. And we've got to see it a lot this season. Um, It's always special to watch a player take, you know, their rookie lap in a blue jacket sweater. And, you know, because that in and of itself is like notching themselves into blue jackets history, like putting their own chapter into this big book of you know blue jackets um over the course of of the franchise and you know these are kids most of them like this is the thing that they've worked for their entire lives um tyler angles like entire family came down from niagara falls to be here for um i think they said his dad was actually on vacation in Aruba and literally had to take like planes, trains and automobiles to get um, to Columbus in order to make it in time for the game. And, you know, cause this is like, they've seen their children work their whole lives up until now for this moment. And, you know, that's true of all four guys that debuted tonight. And, you know, they are, they are the few, <laughs> it sounds crazy. Like, the old 80s song like children are our future um but they are our future like these are players that will play a big role and you know hopefully whatever success the blue jackets have going forward and so those are like those are the silver lining moments and that's why you don't want situ- well if you're a good person that's why you don't want you know half of you doesn't want them to play terribly in these games because you want them to show what they're made of and to like have this great experience. But yeah, it's just, it's just such a juxtaposition. Like literally that is the word for today is juxtaposition. And, you know, it's just a battle of wills, but we still have one more game. So I know, I know against the Sabres. Tage Thompson is going to be out for that game though. Oh, so we they won't score 10 goals on us? I'm a little nervous because the rumors could be that there might be a few Sabres sitting tomorrow night. 
Did the Sabre did the Sabres make it into the playoffs? No, no, no. They're out. Like the East is done. The East is set. And so no, they didn't. And so we'll see how that one goes. I do like your little Whitney Houston little homage there to your little greatest level ball. Um, I sing that song in choir once. I think I also sang it in choir. I think it's a very popular choir. It probably is. Because it is children singing in the choir. Yeah, um, and here you were. You're, are you an alto, right? Soprano, first soprano. Are you, are you really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that doesn't that that surprises me. You don't have a really high tone to your voice, like when you speak. I know, but no, I trained as a first soprano. I've never gone like full vocal range with you when we're in the car. Well, I would also probably terrible because it's been years. But yeah, I. Like 10 plus years trained as a first soprano? I mean, to be fair, I don't know that I have like a 10 or 1 speaking voice either. So I guess like we're both in that same. I also change vibe. my voice depending on the circumstances. Girl, I've don't pull that bullshit with me because I've seen you in all circumstances. So like, I know your voice, bitch. Do not play me. Like, do not come for me. I change my voice. Okay. I do. I know, but I, I have all a much higher speaking voice when I am doing like work things or Seen when that. I'm talking to humans that I don't know and haven't told my whole life story to. Seen that. What? I said I've seen all of that. I know what I know what I'm telling like. the listeners who are hearing my voice right now. That's true. That like I have different variations because if anyone ever meets me out in public. I don't tend to talk in this tone. I talk in a much higher tone because I think this tone, and especially when I listen back to our episodes, I think this tone sounds more masculine and I hate that, but I just pretend I'm a different person. So it could just be like your co-host and never listen to our podcast. I could, but then I, my anxiety that like something is weird on it would just be too much. I think Morgan would tell us. She would, because she's a real one and delightfully gives us a full review after every episode. And I love her for that. Yeah, if we have if we have one one fan, it's Morgan. And if we have no fans, will someone check on Morgan? Because she may not be with <laughs> us anymore. <laughs> and um, if that's the case, also check on her children. <laughs> Yeah, most importantly. Um, oh God, that got dark real quick. Sorry, Morgan. We're, we love you. Um, we're not manifesting that for you. But yeah, I mean, the the Jackets go into the last game of the season, Laura. It's it's tomorrow. Like we've got one more game, sixty more minutes, and by that I mean sixty five when these motherfuckers take it to overtime. So, um, <laughs> like that's crazy to think about. Like it is. Like I mean, like this season has hurt in a lot of ways. It's but, been the longest season in the history of seasons. It's been up there. But I get to go to that last game, so. I cannot wait to hear your sentiments on how everything goes. I think Megan, Reese, and I are going to have a lot of feelings and a lot of opinions on how this last game goes. And there's apparently going to be a lot of people there because... It's hard as fuck to get tickets. So it's exciting. We are though. upper bowl bitches tomorrow. Hell yeah, you are. Um, but we're going to Pierogi Mountain. Oh, please tell me how that goes. 
I read the menu today and it sounds very up your alley. No, I know. I've wanted to go a few times when I'm in um when I'm in Columbus, but I have never made it there. Yeah, so I told Megan she could pick the restaurant and she was like, We really want to go to Pergy Mountain. I was like, I have never been. But they have like they have two levels of pierogies. They have like their standard and then they have like fancy ones. How fancy can you make a pierogi? That's my question. One of them had goat cheese in it, so uh-uh. So they're very fancy. But I will give you a full review and send pictures. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So what else is on your Blue Jackets heart, girl? I don't know. It's weird and both welcoming that it's all going to be over tomorrow. And then my like, weirdly, one of my favorite parts of the season happens, which is like the player exit interviews. Mm. So I always find them fascinating. Um, Yeah. And just like looking at just like because we're going to start doing our like reviews and things. And just having to look at literally this one giant shit show of a circus that has happened over this season and like all the things that feel like they were a million years ago, like you going to Finland and, you know, just like all of the injuries and how 90% of the opening day or the, yeah, the opening day roster was all sitting in suits in the press box tonight because they're injured. Like, and like my like small amount of worry because Boone hurt his back again. So it's just a lot of emotions and I'm just going to miss it. Like I know that we'll have playoff hockey to watch, but it's still not the same. And to like not walk in there for a number of months. I will walk in there in August to see the Dixie Chicks or the Chicks. But to not walk into Nationwide for the purpose of hockey for several several months. It makes me sad. No, I'm pulling a Ross and Rachel like we need a break. We need a <laughs> like me personally, me specifically. <laughs> No, I'm gonna miss it a lot too. I I just find myself like with the end of this season, like I am such a futurist as a human. Like that is just like who I am. Uh, if you're a Clifton Strengths girly and you know about that, like I like my like chief domain is like f- being like strategic thinking and planning. Like in future, like I'm very futuristic, um, and so I'm just really excited for what's to come. So like for me, I'm like, yeah, no, this season can end. Like I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's sweet, cool um summer can happen that'll be great and then uh it can be september again and we could be uh looking at you know traverse city and all that kind of stuff like that's like really where i get excited about this stuff right like especially in a season where things aren't going too great you can look to the future and you can look at you know we've got september it's not too far away when we're going to be in traverse city again watching these guys trying to make this lineup trying to even make the nhl and and those are the kind of things that i get really excited for and so i'm gonna miss it sure um There'll be a lot of hockey to stay watching. Like you said, playoff hockey, but then you'll have the world championships happening simultaneously and you'll have, you know, just any number of other things happening. That'll be good. Um, but yeah, me and me and hockey, we, we need a second. 
we need a hot second. Um, I could talk about it, but watching it, I need a break. <laughs> I understand. I need a moment. I just had a whole body shiver thinking about Traverse City because of how freaking cold it was <laughs> in that like ice house. It just was so freaking freezing, cold. Freezing cold. We're going to have to definitely prepare for that better next year. Yeah, because we were not prepared. No, <laughs> we were not prepared at all. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I think, I mean, yes. And we're going to have some fun things coming up and that's the off season. And you know that the Blue Jackets always like to, you know, be spur of the moment with things and keep us all on our toes. So there's definitely not going to, you know be a lack of information over the course of the summer. It just won't be as like prevalent as it is during the season, but yeah, we're going to get, have to do our, our brackets to see um, how terribly at least I do in predicting anything about the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, but that's always fun. You always do so much better than I do. So you have that in your back pocket. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That'll be a fun episode. I always have fun recording that one. And we're going to get to do our exit interviews, which is also your uh, reminder to text Steven. Um, Another Steven. (laughs) But so, yeah, it doesn't stop from here. Like we will still be putting out content. Um, We may like go, you know, not we may. We are going down to one episode um a week here in a couple of weeks um just for our own sanity and to take a little bit of a summer break um but still keep regularly bringing you content so that we will that we will also we hope everyone enjoyed the boon interview and dealt with us like shoving it down your faces that we just wanted you to like get it in all forms both audio and video so we sure did. We sure milked that for all it was worth, and we appreciate you all for tuning in. There's going to be more of that, folks. I, I promise you there's going to be more of that in the future, and you know, we, uh, we're we excited to see where it goes, as always. Uh, I feel I feel like I would have shaken his hand a little less hard if I would have known that he was dealing with an injury at the time that we uh, got to interview him. But I think that's also cool that he was still willing to, like, you know, that's a guy who was banged up and was still willing to take a second to talk to talk to some some little old podcasters and so uh that, that makes it a little bit more special even for me you know as we as we wrap that up and as we have released it to the humans it just feels good to to have that out there in the world and again like laura said thank you to everybody who engaged with it who who you know gave us some love about it you know we couldn't do this stuff without you guys and so uh, as always we appreciate you and uh we can't wait to to give you more and uh when we give you more there's only one place that you can get all that goodness. And uh, that's going to be, well, actually, there's a lot of places. And I was going to say, there's more yeah, than one place. I was going to say, thankfully, I am not the one that has to memorize all those places and tell you how to get to them, except in the rare occasion where we decide to play uh, Boggle. Uh, we, we throw a Brad Larson your way and, and switch it up. That's Today is not one of those days. We're sticking to the script. Laura, tell us where the good people can find us and keep up with us and connect with us. Yeah, you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a beautiful website that you can visit. It's subjectivelyspeaking.com. 
If you want to support us, your two favorite hockey podcasters, and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com, hopefully adding some new things over the course of the offseason if we get super creative. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how algorithms work. We just know that your like, subscriptions, comments, listens, all that sort of stuff help move us up in the hockey podcast charts and help bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. And other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will chat with you soon. Bye.